This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hi, welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, and here at the Finding Holy Podcast, we want to help you connect the dots between the things that really matter and your everyday holy life. This is a podcast for you if you long for a life that feels spacious, but you're stuck with dishes and laundry and a to-do list a mile long. This is a podcast for you if you long to integrate what you know with who you are and how you live. This is a podcast for you if you need a gentle invitation into the ways of Jesus right in the middle of your actual life. So join me and authors, pastors, artists, and activists to hear how they connect the big things of life into the ordinary habits of their days. To help you on your journey, stick around. You'll get one small step at the end of each episode to take with you into your week. And you'll get to hear my guests' laundry routines because big things matter, but so does the laundry. This is our last episode with my friend, Lori Ferguson Wilbert. She and I chat about hope and what does it look like to practice hope. And though we recorded this just a few weeks ago as we were thinking through Lent, as our entire world has been gripped by the COVID-19 pandemic, we need hope more than ever. I'm amazed at how this conversation is right what I need right now, and I pray it is for you too, that you'll have one small step to practice hope in the midst of an uncertain world. Here's my conversation with Lori. Friends, this is our final installment for our four-week series on Lent with Lori ferguson Wilbert. Please go back if you haven't yet listened. There's some really rich conversations. So welcome back, Lori. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about hope because I think often with kind of Lenten discussions, we can tend to think about a lot of deprivation. We have to abstain from alcohol, from meat, from social media, you know, whatever it is that people choose to give up. But, um, and we talked a little bit in that very first episode about not simply fasting from, but feasting towards um, what kind of practices we're taking up. And so in this last installment, I wanted to talk about hope and maybe even think about what did those kind of feast days, those Sundays um, during Lent point us to? How, do, how could we practically celebrate the resurrection even while we're in a period of repentance during Lent? I was just thinking, I was just reading in Exodus this past week about um, the manna and the manna that was gathered uh, every day, just enough for their households. And then um, before the Sabbath, they gathered enough for, and it didn't go bad, they gathered gathered enough for the Sabbath. And it's that, man, that's just a picture of like, Mm. that's a picture of the season right now is that we're like, we are deprived a little bit. We are, there's not a lot of, like a lot of excess um, or indulgent in our in our day to day. But on the Sabbath, you know, we get we we also have enough. Like in a sense, we get to feast on a little bit more. Mm. And um, and I think all of that, as we know, is pointing to the life that we're living right now, which is sort of in this already not yet space where we are. Um, we do not have we are not face to face with Christ. We are not 
in the culmination of all things. You're not in the new heaven and new earth. Um, but Sunday, hopefully, if you go to church on Sunday, that is a picture of being with the saints, of gathering with the saints, of meeting Jesus, of partaking in his body and blood. And um, and so all these things are pointing to something that is true and that is almost true and that is coming true, mm-hmm. that is not yet true totally. And so it's all kind of, I think they're all, you know, they're all at echoes of one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to someone recently and talking about the story of Gideon mm. and how, um, and I wrote about this in my first book, Finding Holy in the Suburbs, but it's one of these stories that kind of just keeps sticking with me about, you know, he's he's hiding out from the Midianites, the oppressors. Um, he's doing his work, which he shouldn't be doing, um, harvesting and threshing wheat in a wine press. So he's like kind of low profile. Um and so he's scared and he's hiding and the angel of the Lord comes Yahweh himself and calls a mighty warrior mm-hmm. uh, when he hasn't done anything. And I think um, for me, it was just so powerful kind of of a realization that in that moment, like God's grace, like works outside of time and space and like mm-hmm. backwards in time and is so unconfined, you know, so mm-hmm. that who he actually was, his true identity in the story of God was a mighty warrior. Yeah. It kind of grew in me this desire of, I want to be Ashley Hales, like the redeemed version, you know, like how can I live with this like future hope Mm -hmm. actually influencing me now? And even when I'm hiding out, how do I begin to like live into that reality of who I already am, but somehow because of the already not yet don't have access quite access to. And that is the question. (laughs) (laughs) Like how do we do that? And I, again, I think it echoes back to those feast days. I think it echoes back to those Sundays. It echoes back to the Sabbath. It echoes back to this tiny taste. That's a bit more than our Monday through Saturday of like God's goodness and his provision. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but like identity and knowing who I am on sort of this cosmic level is, I I, I mean, I I think that it's a struggle for most Christians. I don't think that we're alone when we say we forget, you know, who we are. We are, yeah. And um, and so I think when, when, you know, we're told not to neglect the fellowship of one another. I think that's less about like shame on you if you neglect the fellowship of one another and more right. like don't neglect it because you're going to forget, you're going to forget yeah. who you are. And yeah. um, I know for me, so I, um, I, I think it was like over new years. Yeah. It was over new years. I came down with a really bad cold and um, it turned into walking pneumonia. And so I missed, church for six weeks uh missed a lot of things because i was just coughing and out of breath i just couldn't do it (laughs) yeah and um and that i i went back you know a few weeks ago and it was so sweet to gather with the saints and to receive communion and to be with one another and to just get that taste of like oh it's bigger than me and yeah um so part of me owning like the hope that's in within within me is walking alongside believers right are also um they're they also know the hope inside them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and that hope can't be born alone 
in the same way that grief and sadness can't be born alone either. Like it can't, we're created right in the image of a communal God. Yeah. We, we can't think that we can do any part of this life of faith alone. Yeah. We need other humans. Mm -hmm. I think it's really common in the church. I've heard so much in the church over the past decade about, you don't need anyone except for God. And like, Oh, God himself said it wasn't good for man to be alone. Like we Mm -hmm. need, we need humans. We need the, we need embodied humans. I was just recently thinking, I had this on a little orange sticky note for a while. Um, Romans five, where, where Paul says, you know, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, Mm -hmm. perseverance, character, and character hope and hope does not disappoint us yeah. because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. I love that <laughs> because I think so many of us, right? It's, ugh, you know, there's suffering and obviously most of us are not like persecuted in the same way that Paul was persecuted, but um, even just the loss and pain that we suffer, um, small s suffering um, that, you know, if we, if we stick with it, if we persevere, you know, through Christ, our character is shaped and that produces hope and hope does not disappoint. I think hope can look pretty foolish, right? To the world. <laughs> I think hope. Yeah. I think it doesn't look just foolish to the world. I think it, it, it looks, looks foolish, foolish to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if like If we're honest. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a good point. I always, <laughs> I always have this picture of like hope, like an anchor. And I'm like, yeah, I get the picture you're trying to, to put across there, but like anchors sink to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oftentimes oh, that, yeah. It's that's not what, pretty. <laughs> yeah. Like, you risk hoping something mm-hmm. like risking for me. It means like risking being pulled to the bottom of something because yeah. when I feel disappointed, when my hopes don't sort of see the light of day, um, yeah. I can grow weary of hoping. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, that's more a picture of what you're talking about here from Romans five. It's like, okay, that's a suffering and that suffering is working in us something. And it's, it is mm-hmm. healing away those, those layers and revealing who we are at our core. And, and I think, I, I, I know that, you know, we jump really quickly from Genesis two to Genesis three. Mm-hmm. There isn't much of a, a, a sort of segue there to like, yeah. They're naked and unashamed. Oh no, they're hiding. <laughs> yeah, um, they've sinned and they're hiding. But I, I sometimes wonder, like, what kind of delight was playing on the faces and in the hearts of of Adam and Eve mm. in creation? What kind of hope was sort of buoyant inside mm-hmm. of them? And um, I can imagine it was a pretty, like, unaffected, beautiful, right, Very childlike, childlike. Yeah, yeah hope and I, I don't know that any of us really any of us um can really return to that kind of hope with any sort of sustained determination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yeah you can't be like i'm just gonna grit my teeth and be yeah. hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> well even like naturally optimistic people i right. notice sometimes um with you know i have a friend like incredibly optimistic like everything is the best and the greatest and every day is very wonderful and um she's like lives in a disney musical she's yeah that's just how she is she's wired that way and but it's been interesting to see her um she really wants to learn how she's realized like how 
her idealism has stripped her of the um the need to to go deeply with to to process her pain deeply and to be honest about it before the lord mm-hmm. um and so it's been really interesting to watch her do that for the past year mm-hmm. to watch this sort of normally bouncy mm. uh disney princess kind of take a walk in the valley mm. um and bring her hope alongside of her yeah but to still be honest about the brokenness that she's you know walked through mm-hmm. Because I mean, that feels like a hope that um, means something, right? That that's the hope that doesn't disappoint. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not just like, oh, I hope, right? You know, as like wishful thinking, but yeah. you know, the hope that comes from suffering and perseverance and character development mm-hmm. that is based on Christ will not fail. And I mean, I feel like isn't that what we always want? Is besides to not be buffeted back and forth, right, by our circumstances to be steady and stable, not because we have it all together, but because we have hope as the anchor for our souls. Yeah. That feels like freedom. Yeah. It does feel like freedom. It sometimes feels like an impossible freedom. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) oh gosh, what's going to happen for, you know, to get me to that point. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really looking forward to that. We will return in just a minute with the rest of our conversation. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Here's the rest of our conversation with Lori about a hope that doesn't disappoint, even in the midst of hard times. But I think, too, this conversation about, like, hope as childlike, you know, I'm struck with people like, you know, you heard about uh, Eugene Peterson kind of in the last days of his life. And, you know, someone was asking him about his prayer life. And he's like, you know, I'm mostly like, I'm mostly silent. You know, I'm mostly listening, you know, at this point. And there's a sense in which um, I think as we age or as we progress in life of faith, we hopefully as the Spirit's working, we become more childlike. We become quieter. We become um, more able to bear with other people, their sufferings. We become more hopeful and maybe we look a little bit more silly. I think it's almost a guarantee that we look yeah. a little bit more silly. I yeah. was thinking about this yesterday. It's a <laughs> yeah. build a platform or build a ministry from, you know, being loud and against something and, you know, just to to just be known more for our anger and self righteousness um than it is to be known for just like hope and peace and um, a trust in the Lord. Like those things, <laughs> those things look foolish. They really they do. do. They, they do. Right. Because it's not grasping after any sort of power. Yeah. Yeah. 
What are some practices that you have that kind of can root you in hope? So I'll just be really honest with you. I'm in a season of uh, where I'm struggling to see yeah. hope. And I mentioned that on another episode of this series. Um, and um, I think for me, it is, it's really helpful for me to have very small things to look forward to mm-hmm. and, um, and things that might look foolish to other people. Uh, are really helpful for me right now. Mm-hmm. So things like having the same six things on my to-do list every single day. And they're things like, you know, uh, take your vitamins, drink eight glasses of water, walk the dog, listen to a podcast, read the Bible. Yeah. Um, so just like they're just the same rudimentary, maybe elementary things. Um that I'm just trying to do every day that just remind me like um, there is, you are going to get through this season and um, there is hope for you, even if you don't necessarily feel it right now. Um, uh, Checking those things off the list are really helpful for me Mm -hmm. just to remember like God is in those details. He is at work in these really sort of small things we do to care for the body that he's put us in and to care for the soul that he's given us and to care for the heart that he's given us. He is not being wasted in those details. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really, it sounds glorious to talk about the, the things that cultivate hope being like these grand things or like, you know, uh, I don't know, just like getting out in nature and climbing mountains. But you and right. I have talked about that before. Like, I don't live in a place where that's necessarily possible. And yeah. so um, for me, it's like, okay, just do the small things and just trust that, that God is not being wasted in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, he is showing himself to me in something as silly as drinking eight glasses of water a day. Yeah, I know that might sound silly, but we're able to sort of, I'm able to look at his provision in that. and. Mm to trust his provision mm-hmm. for the times where, you know, trust that that'll sustain me until hope returns in a more mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I love what you're saying too, is that hope isn't just like this feeling, right. Or kind mm-hmm. of this spiritual experience. Um, it's a discipline and it's often really yeah. small. It's very bodily. Um, I think those are important things to remember, you know, either when we're despairing or grieving or depressed or anxious um, yeah. or we don't even know where God is. And we just feel kind of blah. But, yeah. I think the way we talk about hope, like it being this thing that's at the end of a tunnel, mm-hmm. I think that makes it really hard for when us you're in the when, tunnel. <laughs> when we're in the tunnel. Cause I'm like, I don't know where the end of the tunnel is. Right. So it's, it's a lot better for me not just easier it's a lot better for me to say like hope is in drinking eight glasses of water a day and taking my vitamins and taking the dog for a walk and doing those things right yeah and we like we trust the long story of god and and we get less concerned about like the the end of the tunnel yeah right because i think because we keep pushing off you know circumstantially we can easily keep pushing off hope like you know when this happens or this job or this move or this promotion or, Mm -hmm. you know, when my kids are this age or, you know, all of these things, um, but we're we're never learning how to cultivate it. I have a friend who she has, I think she has five kids. Yeah. I think 
she just had her fifth and she struggled with postpartum depression with the four first kids, the, the first four. And, um, she decided to try an experiment. She was like, well, I have nothing to lose <laughs> for the last one. Um, and she said it was a totally different exper- like experience for her. She said, I decided to do everything that I was doing before um, as like a spiritual practice. She's like, so like nursing him, getting up in the middle of the night, mm. changing the diaper, like things that just felt so hopeless before and so empty. And so like, is there an end to this tunnel? She said like she would just try to take those opportunities to delight in his body and delight in his um you know the fact that that he could nurse and just all these things where she was like i just decided to like put some to find hope in those small practices Mm. and she said it changed um and i don't know you know what else was going on in her body chemistry wise but she said it changed the experience of um of Mm. of that birth and that Mm -hmm. baby Mm. some really beautiful ways that is beautiful i'm just so encouraged and i hope it encourages our listeners too to think of hope isn't something that we just have to wait for um you know that's something we can work towards and be patient in um and even like practice in your sabbath practices maybe you know what are ways in which you can practice hope um you know whether it's lighting a candle um turning off screens um we eat dessert first um on sabbath um as a family and so that feels like an indulgence and a gift um and so that's just one small thing that we do to kind of say this this is the this is the true story yeah that's good so Lori, i do have to ask you about your laundry routine we're at the end of our series and i'm sure everyone's dying to know what is Lori's laundry routine if they've listened at all to the finding holy podcast <laughs> So I, I mean, we were talking beforehand. I feel bad bragging on my husband, but I'm just going to do it. You should. Uh, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I would say probably, uh, I would say eight times out of 10, he does our laundry. Um, and it's just a way that he serves um, our family and our home. And it's a blessing to me because it is often, I'm if things are sort of out of sight, they're definitely out of my mind. Um, <laughs> Whereas he, uh, he sees, he's much more fastidious and he sees, you know, all the things that even aren't in sight. (laughs) So he has, he has picked up that habit and it has been a real blessing to me. Mm. Um, and so that is most, most my lawn, most of my laundry routine. It's out of sight and then it comes back folded. Well, I would say it comes back to mind when those two out of 10 times when I'm like, where is that shirt? (laughs) Oh, it's in the laundry. I'm going to go do my laundry. Right, right. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I love it. And I think, you know, that's, it just speaks to the ways in which we can love and serve each other. And I think sometimes we just think of, we think of laundry, right, as just like this onerous task often, Mm -hmm. or we think of it, um, as you know something I have to do or even it may be in our better moments of like hey I get to serve my family by doing this Mm -hmm. and but I think there's something really beautiful about receiving too Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually it's been like a little bit of a spiritual discipline he um he's been pulling it out um and folding it in the evenings on our our ottoman in our um family room so while I'm, you know, watching a show or reading a book or something like that, uh, he's folding laundry. And f- 
for a while, I was really feeling guilty about that. Like, oh, I should be helping him. What's wrong with me? I'm a bad wife. And uh, he keeps telling me, hey, I don't want you. I don't want your help. Like, mm. I just want it. And that's been a good spiritual discipline for me to, to receive. I love it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been yeah. an amazing conversation. It's and amazing. yeah. It's hard to find hope these days. It's hard to cling to hope when we can read an endless news cycle about the current global health crisis. We can worry about the economy. We can worry about the health of our loved ones. We can worry about the social fabric of our nations and neighborhoods. And so I hope that this episode with Lori Ferguson Wilbert has helped you think about maybe one small thing that you could do to begin to practice hope. So I love to leave my listeners with one small step. And I'm going to borrow from Lori. Maybe it's drinking water, but pick one small thing that you can do in your body this week that you can maybe even check off and see that will be kind of your stake in the ground and saying that I trust that there is a faithful, steady God who knows the whole universe, who is outside time and space, and to whom I belong, and that He will keep me fast. And so I'm going to do this one very small thing as an exercise in hoping. So a few suggestions might be to be drinking your eight glasses of water. It might be going for a daily walk. It might be learning a passage of scripture and committing it to memory. Something like Psalm 23 might be a companion for you when you find yourself prone to anxiety. But write it down right now and commit to it for this week. That In those anxious moments, in those moments where you are tempted to despair, drink your eight glasses of water, go for the walk, or practice memorizing a psalm. I hope that that will encourage you to take one small step between connecting the dots between the things that we really believe and the things that we do in our day-to-day lives. Well, it's been so fun to have Lori on the podcast, and I am pleased that I get to give away a copy of her book, Handle with Care. So all you need to do is go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you are a new subscriber, I would love it if you would rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes. It is the way that many new people find the Finding Holy podcast. So I'd love to hear from you. Contact me on social media at AA Hales. Share this episode with a friend, and I would love to be able to send along a book to you. Stay tuned for more. We're going to be talking with some great friends about what does it look like to belong to a nation? How do we care for our bodies? What does it look like to live a fully integrated life? These are conversations about our stories and our lives that we especially need right now when it feels like the world is spinning out of control. So make sure you stay tuned. And if you head on over to the link from the show notes that says pandemic infographic. That's pandemic infographic. Click on the link. I want to send you just a few rooted practices so that you can remain faithful and rooted for yourself, for God and your community in the midst of a pandemic. So I hope that's a helpful little beginning place for you too. But remember, all these things matter, but so does the laundry.
This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.